We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time six thirteen on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I've got two lines open: one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If you are interested in engaging in our topic of uh, love and lies, uh, as we have used the context for it, in terms of uh, Ellen DeGeneres' expression that every good parent should express unconditional love when their child comes to them and tells them this is who they believe they are. When in fact it is explicitly clear biblically what we are and what we should be. And uh, I raised the question around this idea of unconditional love as being unbiblical. And I raise these questions before I go back to the phone line. How would you handle the problem of your child coming to you? the one of whom you have cleaned their behind from day one, and you know what they are. You know what they are biologically. You know what they are supposed to be spiritually. You know what they are as the whole human race knows what we are from the beginning of time up until this present generation, with the exception of a handful of people who choose to fail to deal with the struggle of recognizing that God made them one. And that God made them male and female too, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And that as a male and female, we have certain callings, certain, certain qualities of behavior, certain, certain uh, expectations relative to how God made us. And you might struggle with that, but we all struggle with something. But it's not the role of the parent to deny reality. I'm going to show you that by the next break. I'm going to share with you a story that I shared a while back that I think would uh, be helpful. What I am saying to you is forget using the term unconditional because it's not a helpful term with love. Love bears within itself all of the necessary virtues and qualities, characteristics and attributes necessary for it to be accepted without these modified adjectives that people want to employ. I mean, just forget it. It just doesn't work. Does love let people live a lie? That's what I want to ask you. Does it let people live a lie? Does love let people say, I'm not a sinner. There is no God. There is no hell. The Bible's not the word of God. Everyone has their own truth. All roads lead to heaven. Or does love say, hey, the Bible's clear. We're all sinners. The Bible's clear. There is but one God. The fool says in his heart, there's no God. The Bible clear. It's clear. There's a hell. And Jesus says... That it that it the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched and it would be better to go into heaven lame than to end up in hell whole. So what you're going to do reject Jesus words who is the epitome of love. The Bible is not the word of God, but the Bible explicitly says it is the word of God and it challenges men and women to face that word so that that word can expose them and show them the way out of their condition. The notion that everyone has their own truth is contradictory in the very proposition itself. All truth cannot be true. If you have a truth and I have a truth and your truth is different than my truth, then 
Either your truth is right and mine is wrong or yours is wrong and mine is right or both of ours is wrong. But we can't all have our own truth. That wouldn't even work on a practical level. You do know that. You can't say it's nighttime and I say it's daytime and that works functionally for you and me. You can't say the light is red and I say the light is green and the, and that works functionally for you and me. It just you see the absurdity of it, don't don't you? Let me go to line number uh, two and talk with Jermaine over in Alameda. Jermaine, are you there? Oh yes, I am. Hey, Jermaine, what is your question, comment, or observation on our topic? Well, um, I guess I want to to kind of not, not to take away from the topic, but you mentioned lies. I kind of was wondering about Christians' role in, in conspiracies. I guess you would say because. I've been paying attention to this whole coronavirus issue that that seems to be spreading across the world, and I noticed a lot of people, that, you know, speaking of love, they they seem to have a conscience and they were trying to warn people, and you know, some of those very people are now deceased from the virus that they they were warning about. Mm-hmm. I've heard some people say your loyalty lies with your job, or if you took a pledge to uh, not reveal certain things. But I was just wondering, wouldn't it be a loving Christian thing to? to reveal something you know it could be deadly to to other people. Because um, some people would say you you shouldn't cause a panic, and I agree with that. However, you also I don't think you should also participate in a lie. And I was just wondering where same thing. Christian role in same category. Same category. Same fundamental uh, category of the relevance of actual truth. What your example is perfectly consistent with what I'm dealing with about lies in general. The danger of lies is that it distorts reality. And if we are promoters of lies intentionally, we are not loving. Uh, love warns. I mean, this is exactly what Ezekiel was told to do. Warn the rebellious children of Israel that the uh, Babylonians are right around the corner. You can hear the huffs coming. You can see the dust rising. You can see the destruction at hand. And if you don't warn them, uh, their blood is on your hand. And it used to be a measure of concern on the part of Christians to live in a world where we had enough intestinal fortitude to tell men and women that they are lying when they want to promote behaviors and practices that would lead to uh, personal destruction or social destruction. Of course, in a context where if we work on a job, And the job has policies that are endangering people because it's keeping a lid on uh, the uh, possibility that the coronavirus may be spreading within that community. The believer conscientiously out of love for that whole community must find a way to cordially and wisely and discreetly, but nevertheless, effectively let everyone know that we are in danger. Uh, We have to do that. And, And quite frankly, I appreciate your call because. The reality is, while we are talking about lies on a um, on a theoretical and a uh, philosophical level that nonetheless touches on the real life issues of human beings with regards to their identity and with regards to their expressing themselves. Um, it seems like it's, it's, it's mundane and irrelevant. It's not. Uh, it, from God's standpoint, what I am talking about is is extremely offensive to God that human beings would do what Isaiah 29 says, say to the potter that he has no understanding as to how he made me and, uh, and, and I can actually determine and define my own existence, uh, my own identity. That is extremely offensive to God and the purpose of the believer is 
is to be the mouthpiece of God via his word to let humanity know that that kind of falsehood, that kind of synthetic existence, that kind of uh, pseudoscience uh, is going to cause you to perish under the wrath of God. Um, It's the same thing. The virus of deception uh, of the soul is actually eternally greater than the virus of corona on the physical dimension. And I know you see the the correlation between those two so are you are you struggling with that as a condition as a uh, as a challenge in terms of something you have to do uh not this i was putting myself in that position and i i'm not really struggling i guess i was trying to find should i be struggling because I, I wouldn't struggle at all to warn people right. something i knew to be very dangerous and the Dwayne Wade thing i'm a fan of Dwayne me too basketball player but not the parent right i think this is uh this is kind of conspiratorial because you start seeing commercials with them. You start seeing them. Uh, then he has a, a retire, number of retirement ceremony, and then they sneak this issue in. Exactly. It's like a, a media tour, you know, really doubling as an assault on God's word and God's people, and and also using people. You know, it's African American History Month, and like, hey, we have some black people that that agree with us too. So. It just seems like a very orchestrated, spiritually wicked thing, and, it is. and I just need to pray for everybody there. It, it, it is. It's true, and and one of the things that we do, as you know, as as Christians, and particularly yours truly, is I deal with the dialectical process, the change agent methodology, the transformation of our culture incrementally, the antithesis of truth being pitted together, and then seeing the compromise working itself out. The African, African-American community has been high jacked by the dialectical process and has opened the door up to this uh, to this synthetic science as well, making it a new normal, the equivalency of, uh, of being black. And, and, and it's because they don't operate out of the parameters of biblical truth. The African command, African commu- African-American community has definitely collapsed in this area within the framework of the secular world. I, you know, I would be sitting here thinking through. You know, what are people like Kirk Franklin and what are people, you know, other people who are in the uh, African-American Christian community that has a relative knowledge of the truth? What do they think about all this kind of stuff? I remember uh, years ago, the other the other guy, uh, not Kirk Franklin, but the other prominent singer, uh, his name will come to me shortly. But uh, he stood up against homosexuality because he had been in the lifestyle himself and. And uh, he took some hits for it, and I and I congratulated him for it, even though he continued to be a prominent and is a presently prominent singer. And yet, that the the, the fence straddling that black people do in the African American community, pre- pretending to love Jesus, and yet so immersed into the entertainment industry with the conflation of all of these uh, professed individuals who do who overtly uh, walk contrary to God's words. Not that it's not happening in the uh, other communities as well. It is certainly happening in other communities, but speaking to uh, a, a person like Dwayne Wade, you know, he's part of that trajectory of, uh, well, quite frankly, in my examining of Dwayne Wade over uh, the last couple of days, Jermaine, it, it's very apparent to me that he has absolutely no biblical worldview as a foundation under him, notwithstanding his mama uh, being a preacher for whom he bought her a church. It just, those categories cascade into the same thing. Kind begets kind. One era leads to another era. 
Um, but there are, you know, there is going to be a challenge on the part of the African-American community here shortly to uh, to have to give an answer for how they can pretend to really love Jesus and not listen to his words and have to deal with my proposition, which is universally offered to everyone. If you really love someone, will you let them continue in lies? According to First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter thirteen, you can't do that. Listen, thanks for your call, bro. Let me go to line number three and talk with Brandon. Line number three and talk with Brandon and Santa Clara. Brandon, what is your question, comment, or observation? Hey, I just wanted to tell you thank you. Um, you've had me on your show once before, and uh, I really enjoy listening to you. Amen. Um, uh, I'm in total agreement with all you're saying. You know, better, you know, better are the wounds of a friend than kisses of an enemy, right? Absolutely. I mean, I'm sitting here, you know, I got two teenagers, a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, you know, and I, I've raised them, you know, the way of the way of the Word. Yeah. I personally wasn't brought up that way. I found Jesus in my own way. Jesus found way. you. You didn't find Jesus. Amen. He wasn't Amen. lost. Amen. He found me in, right. the, in that place, uh-huh. exactly, in that bottom place. And he was You're good right. to you. He found me. And he, uh, they know the story. It's a rough one. It was in a nut house at the age of 18, right. nut house to the penthouse. Right. Anyways, not about that. But so I'm raising these kids, and I'm teaching them, like, hey, you know, you're in this world out here, and there's a lot of confusion out there that they're going to try to shove down your throat. Right. But this is the truth, and this is the way we believe, and this is what we do. Right. And it's hard yep. because you want to teach them to love these people, yep. right? right, but not be a part of them. You know, be in the world, but, but not be a, of the world, you know, and, and it's, it's hard, you know. And Very it's hard. Even gotten to the, it's even gotten to the point where my own son that I love with all my heart has had enough courage to come up to me and tell me that he has had homosexual struggles sure. in his mind. Sure. That's awesome. I'm glad he was able to tell me that. Absolutely. Because instead of me freaking out over it, I said, that's okay, boy. Yep. I go, just because you have a thought in your head, that doesn't mean it's you. Right. You see that? Yeah. And so now we're on this whole journey of renewing his mind with the Word of God. Absolutely. So that he can understand, so that he can understand that not every thought is his. And when he gets a thought and he runs it through that Word, and then he can say, okay, no, that's God. Right. Now that's not God. That's right. And that's how we learn, right? That's right. Exactly. So because of these, these situations, I find myself raising my own kids. I myself am getting closer and closer to Jesus. What the enemy is trying to do here with my son, right? What he is intending for evil, God is bringing together for good. See, God brings all things together for good to those that love Christ, called according to his purpose. I believe that right now, mm-hmm. even though I can't mm-hmm. see exactly what's going to happen in three mm-hmm. or four years from now. Sure, sure. No, you're, you're doing the right thing, and I wish Dwayne Wade had enough uh, of biblical truth uh, operating in his, his, his understanding and his spirit to be able to stand valiantly to help his son understand that that attitude, that framework of thinking is both unbiblical and dishonoring to God, and that there's a way to actually deal with it. But when you don't have a foundation of biblical truth operating as a um, 
as an identity marker for yourself, you know, then you don't have the ability to give your children anything that would constitute the reality of, of, of things the way that God sees. And truth is reality according to God. So we, we've got to pray for Dwayne Wade, got to pray for Gabrielle uh, Union because she is a radical, you know, change agent in terms of her, the kind of movies she makes. They're just bad, to be quite frank with you. They're not at all anywhere in the universe of a biblical worldview. And uh, I can see the secularism having its impact like it does with, you know, Jada and uh, Will Smith and their kids and a whole bunch of other secular, powerful, money making men and women who don't know the truth as it is in Christ. You and I have a long journey with uh, encouraging our kids to see the Imago Day that has been given to them as having its origins in the father and having its expression in the son. But we got to keep fighting that battle. Thank you for the call, my brother. Um, let me see here. I have um, one more call and then all the lines will be open. one 367 Let me go to line number one and talk to Mark in San Jose. Mark in San Jose, are you there? No, nah, it's not Elijah. This is Mark. I keep telling him about that. Don't worry about that. You'll you'll learn that. Mark, are you there? I am. All right. What's going on? Well, have you ever read uh, James Farkasson's book, uh, A New Illustration of the Latter Part of Daniel's Last Vision and Prophecy, respecting which commentators have greatly differed from each other, showing its fulfillment in events recorded in authentic history? Before? Is it online? Yes. Okay. Now let me on. Let me write this down. Even though we're not talking about that, but I'm gonna write this down. What? Now his name is what? James Farkerson. You got uh, it. Yeah, because I've never heard that. Yeah. How do you spell it? F A R Q U H A R S O N S. All right, and we'll talk about it. I'll look it up, and we'll talk about it. Talk about it in a month. Thank you for the okay. call. Got to take a hard break. I got to pay some bills. All right. I've got all four lines open. one 367 I've got 30 minutes. I know some of you guys are facing these challenges. You might as well call in and talk about it. Uh, find a way to frame your words and be a consistent Bible-based Christian to let the world know. That God's love is not unconditional. It is not permissive. It's not weak. It does not allow men and women to do evil. It's not biblical love. All the lines are open. 1-888-367-5329. I'm going to tell you another story to just continue to press this home because it's coming to your home soon if it's not already there. And the Bible is very clear that in the latter days, many, many will be given over to fables and lies and turn their ears away from the truth. And what is a bigger fable than the notion that's, that men and women are um, able to determine and define their own identity, their own gender? A direct attack against the Imago Day, against the sovereignty of God, against their creator. And that ought to matter to the Christian. You can't be silent on this. Not and say you love people. All the lines are open. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we've got um, 
about 30 minutes, uh, 25, 636 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. One line open, one 888 if you want to track with us on our topic. I want to read a story to you. I want to revisit an experience I had around this very topic in uh, by way of a movie that uh, came out in uh, Europe several years ago. I remember reading this on this very program several years ago. So I'm going to read it in almost a narrative form. And I want you to see the correlation because the movie was designed to depict where we are today. And the movie would have been observed 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, but not today. Because what we're dealing with is a biblical concept of love versus lies. I remember reading an excerpt from a movie that depicted a very bizarre young man who lived apart from his parents. He was a young man uh, and, and he was no longer at home. Um, and in his own place, he was a loner. He always was a loner. He not, he didn't really socialize with people. He worked. He kept his nose clean as uh, one would have it. But uh, one day when he would come and visit his parents, he seemed more optimistic and joyful in his life than than you know almost all of his life being somewhat withdrawn, somewhat indifferent, somewhat detached, and even somewhat depressed. So his parents had suspected that he had a girlfriend at last. And and the young man asked his parents to come over to his place and he wanted to introduce them to someone. And they were excited about it because, again, you know, they finally figured that their son, we're going to call him Johnny for now, um, found someone that uh, that 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 gave him meaning in life. And uh, when they arrived at his apartment, he let them in, and after a brisk conversation, you know, in the, in the hallway, he led them into the dining room. He had them to sit down while he went into the kitchen to bring out dinner. And at the far end of the table, from the parents, was a life-size doll of a female, and they were puzzled by it. And when the young man came out of the kitchen into the dining room with the food. He said, mom and dad, I want you to meet Sarah, my girlfriend. We've been dating for a year now and we're, we're planning on getting married. So what do you think? Mom and dad are sitting there and it seems like an eternity goes by. And then finally they say, Son, we're so happy for you. That's wonderful. We're we're glad that that you are are now happy and the ice was broken. And the son smiled and it com- they commenced to talk <clears throat> and to walk in their son's truth. And the son's talking to mom and dad and the son's talking to the doll as if the doll could talk to the son and And the parents are trying to engage their son in what their son is calling his truth. With a doll. With a doll. I want to ask you the question. Was it truth? Was the son walking in the truth? Though he was walking in his truth. And did they do the right thing by pretending that that's a real woman, a real person that can engage him on a real relationship level, even though somehow he's being satisfied by her as if she's real? 
Did they do the right thing? And is that unconditional love? Is it love at all? What was missing in the whole of that scenario, ladies and gentlemen? What was missing is reality. What was missing are the facts. What was present was fear. Their parents, his parents feared telling him the truth. His parents feared the implications of that, that distortion of reality and did not know how to actually break into their son's delusion and distortion of reality. Their parents were confused. His parents were confused. And where there's fear and confusion, there's every evil work. Every evil work. And where there's fear and doubt and confusion and every evil work, you know what's not there? Faith is not there. They didn't have faith. And they didn't have a faith working by love that would be willing to override the apparent truth that that boy owned that had no basis in reality whatsoever. They didn't have the ability to tell him, son, you are living a lie. This cannot be for you the best thing. This is not what God wants for you. You see, they didn't have an allegiance to the truth of God's word. And as a consequence, they could not affirm or determine what reality is in the universal sense of what reality is. And so they had succumbed, collapsed, crushed under a love for their son over against a love for the truth, which is what Paul said in Second Thessalonians would dominate our culture. Because they did not have a love for the truth that they might be saved, God gave them over to a strong delusion that they should be a, believe a lie, that they should all perish in unrighteousness. That's where our world is going. It's where our world is going. Because people are afraid to tell the truth. Let me see here. Let me go to line number three and talk with Tiaka in Daly City. Tiaka, are you there? I'm here. Your question, comment, or observation about our topic? Boy, this is a big one. Well, first and foremost, I just want to thank you for being so bold and courageous to stand for the truth. I truly, truly strive to have an inkling of the amount of boldness that you have. And um, I also want to thank the previous caller for being bold enough to share his story uh, right. regarding his son. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. actually what prompted me to call myself because I, too, kind of struggle and mm-hmm. struggling with um, a similar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we as parents, we can see certain little things in our children and yep. we can kind of, you know, kind of pinpoint little things. Yep. And yep. I see some things in my older son as well. Right. And he actually was um, bold enough to share something with me as well he kind of told me that you know a similar um it was kind of like a similar conversation that the previous caller had with his um son he just told me that you know i don't know i just have these weird thoughts and i don't i don't think i'm gay but i do have these you know weird thoughts i'm confused confusion right and i it it really it didn't really um floor me because like i said i can kind of see little things yeah but I'm not sure if I provided the proper answer, mm-hmm. a biblical answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I just kind of told him, you know, we all struggle with, you know, thoughts and things and just know that it's not of God. So mm-hmm. we do struggle with thoughts and, you know, you know, things that we kind of are reluctant to share. But thank you for sharing that with me. But um, I just want you to just pray on it. 
And I don't think that was enough for him. Right. And um, I honestly, I just went upstairs and I shared with my husband what he had shared with me. And I just kind of wet. I just cried myself asleep because I knew that this day would come. Right. And let me just back up. Let me give you a little background. So I also have a sibling. And I hope to God that they're not listening. <laughs> but I have a sibling who actually went the full nine yards and sure. had a um, sex change. Sure. And I actually, I felt my son, my oldest son, the truth. Mm-hmm. And I told him the truth. Right. And he was so shocked and he was hurt and he, he, he couldn't believe that, you know, I would have kept that from him for so long. But I told him that, you know, I know it was, I, I made a big mistake in doing that, but I want to I want to write that wrong by telling you the truth today. Right. And the truth is your aunt who you think is your aunt is really your uncle. And right. I'm so sorry for telling for lying to you this whole time. Right. But that's not right. And the lifestyle that they're leading is not right. But we have to love them and pray for them nonetheless. Now, hearing you this this uh, particular broadcast tonight mm-hmm. is really convicting me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I I. I, I misled him. I miseducated him on how to go about this whole situation. Right. Can you please help me? Right. Um, great. What I'm going to do is take a break and you and I will probably close out the program with some counsel and advice that might help a lot of people around this challenge. I really thank you, um, Tiaka, for the call because... Uh, one of the reasons I brought the topic up is because I know that people everywhere are dealing with it in the Christian community. Uh, you know, they don't know how to handle the dialogue. They don't know how to handle the conversation. And I realize that this platform grants me the opportunity to to uh, to to help people uh, in that regard. And so I'm going to take a break, pay some bills, and then we'll be able to close out with some strategic ideas. Okay. All right, got to pay some bills. You hold on, Tiaka. Um, We'll be right back after this. And now back to Lifeline. All right, right, we're back. Uh, Tiaka, are you there? I'm here. All right, so, and this is for everyone out there that might be struggling with the challenge of a relative, a loved one, a friend, a spouse even uh, collapsing into the ubiquitous lie of 2 Thessalonians 2. Uh, 9 through 11. <clears throat> and and I would that you guys get a pen and p- paper out because the first thing that I would want you to do, the first thing that I would want uh, uh, professing believers to do is to determine within uh, your own selves, and I'm speaking at large, not just a Tiaka, but determine within your own selves whether or not you actually believe the Word of God. Because what we are dealing with in our present generation is a church age where people don't believe the Bible and don't adhere to its its seriousness. And as a consequence, um, when trials of this nature come, when challenges of this nature come, they are woefully silent and unable to stand for the truth. Um, But what I'm going to do now is give you guys several Bible verses that actually speak explicitly to this cultural idolatry of redefining gender and um, disowning the heterosexual uh, distinctives that God has called us to in terms of relationships. I'm going to give you several verses that uh, you need to be able to read for yourselves and they're going to be fairly clear. You may have some watered down translations that, you know, seek to um, 
overcome the the firm terminology. But if you have a New American Standard Version, an English Standard Version, an NIV, uh, New New International Version, if you have the King James Version, if you have the New uh, King James Version, you're going to be all right. Most of the others can be dangerously watered down. So I'm going to give you several verses that speaks to the exclusion clauses of Scripture that opposes behavior that will ultimately end up destroying the souls of men. The first is Leviticus chapters 18 through 20, which deal with the Toeva abomination judgments of mankind sleeping with mankind, womankind sleeping with womankind, human beings sleeping with animals. God completely prohibits all of that. And I've taught for years that wherever there's a community of perversion sexually in the matters of homosexuality, lesbianism, it will spiral down into bestiality. It will spiral down into pedophilia. And it will ultimately spiral down into the example I gave you guys of the uh, artificial intelligence of people sleeping with dolls. China is making dolls with so uh, so vivid of human expression, female dolls. They have whole communities in China where men and women are sleeping, having sexual relationships with them. Uh, People in high places all over our world in America and in Europe are engaging in 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 pedophilia, pederasty, bestiality and all of the perversions that are gradually being pushed into the forefront of our culture right now is homosexuality and transgenderism. I guarantee you when it becomes a norm, ladies and gentlemen, they will introduce sexuality with animals and then ultimately with artificial intelligence. What I've been saying to you guys for decades is here now. Here go the Bible verses if you want to be uh, strong enough to start with the word of God. And the reason you want to start with the word of God is because when our loved ones and our children face what scripture says, They cannot overcome the power of the Spirit of God to wedge into their conscience what Scripture says so that once they begin to choose to engage volitionally in those behavior patterns, their argument is not with you. It's with the Word of God. Leviticus chapters 18 through 20 cover the Toeva judgments of homosexuality. Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 5 deals with cross-dressing that underscores the confusion of male and female and opens the door for the present day transgenderism, which was prevalent in Canaan at that time. It was clear in Babylon as well as in Persia as well, and ultimately made its way into the community of the Jews also who were Babylonians, even up to the days of Jesus. You can read the Babylonian Tobit and learn a lot about that. Paul says in first Corinthians chapter six, Verses 9 and 10, such people will not inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 through 6 is a re-echoing of the same exclusion cause. Such people shall not inherit the kingdom of God. 
First Timothy chapter one, verse nine and 10 explains that these things are contrary to God, including murder, including stealing, including men sleeping with other men. The particular uh, Greek term that Paul uses there is the idea of men being in bed uh, with other other men. That's first Corinthians one, nine and 10. Then we have the very clear statements of Romans chapter one, starting at verse 24, going all the way through. Through verse 28, where Paul makes it clear that they exchange the truth of God for a lie and begin to worship the creature uh, rather than the creator. And I have stated that this issue of homosexuality really amounts to nothing but self-love, loving of self rather than loving of God. We're turning in on ourselves. And when God gives us up to that, we no longer can love and therefore produce life. We can only love in order to fulfill and grasp our morbid sexual desires. It does not have the capacity to produce life. The homosexual culture cannot produce life. All it can do is take the life that comes from heterosexuals and then bring it into that community. And that's why biblically it's called a community of death. It is a sad reality, but it is factual. Romans chapter 1, 24 through 28, and then Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. God says, everyone that commits idolatry. Everyone that is fearful and unbelieving and that loveth and maketh a lie, loveth and maketh a lie. All dogs, all fornicators, all whoremongers, Old Testament term for people who engage in sexual perversion is laid out in the final book of the Revelation and our churches do not adhere to that moral ethical standard that God lays down there as a premise for calling people up out of the dark behavior and pattern of our present culture. Those are Bible verses that all of our kids have to see so that they can wrestle with them. Tiaka, I have eight kids. All of them have had to deal with a father who has had to tell them explicitly what the Bible says about their sexuality, about their gender. And they have to hear it as often as I am inclined to preach it. So I live in that very world that you guys do. Uh, The next thing that I would do is I would look up good Christian material where people have come up out of that lifestyle and can give an excellent representation of how the gospel is able to deliver you from that lifestyle in humility and in grace so that men and women can know that there is an exit out because part of the lie of the secular world is, is that you are immutably bound to your sexual orientation and you cannot change. That is a lie as well. Multiple people have come up out of of that lifestyle. They need to know that there are alternatives because they're being bombarded everywhere in our media and in our culture as if that is the God honest truth. And it's not. It is not the truth. Neither is it the majority. The majority of people do not hold these positions. The majority of the people of the world and America does not hold these positions. But it does not have the truth of the gospel as a foundation out of which through faith working by love are they willing to tell the world that they are wrong. And this is where we are becoming endangered in America as spiraling down into spiritual darkness. We can play church, make a bunch of noise. We can say how Jesus loves us, but we are really not telling the truth as it is in Christ in love to begin to see men and women delivered from this massive power of Satan. 
working through the media 24 hours a day to tell men and women they can break the boundaries of God's biblical rule, of God's law, of God's loving boundaries, his conditionality to bring men into a saving way, to rescue them, rescue us from our sins. And then get a community of brothers and sisters, Tiaka, to support you as you walk in humility and obedience to God. And this is true for your husband, too. He should be the first one doing it, loving his children by telling the truth and working through their struggle in Jesus name. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.